Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live at about 15 minutes. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. All right, Doug? All right, we're going to Kuala Lumpur next, where Silas Jha is based. He is the chief economist, also the head of market research at RHB Banking Group. Silas, uh, always a pleasure to have the chance to chat with you, particularly when it comes to uh, your neck of the woods, your expertise, the Asia-Pacific. Talk to me about what you expect the growth story to be in China now that we're seeing a huge relaxation of these COVID restrictions. Well, um, so this is the recent change in policy and how we would characterize the forward uh, looking view is this is an on again, off again policy. Uh, we just don't know, you know, how long this change in policy will uh, will uh, con- uh, you know continue and the depth of it, and what will the variety of measures to relax the COVID nineteen zero policy uh, going going forward. Um, highly unpredictable. So for us, uh, the song remains the same as Led Zeppelin would say. Um, you know, next year we're at four uh, percent GDP growth. This year at Three uh, percent, you know, the official GDP numbers uh, overstate the uh, true reality of what's going on in the uh, economy. Um, you know, we have a number that it's one and a half percent is the true number in terms of one and a half percent below the uh, official numbers that will ultimately materialize. Bottom line is that without getting into any of the technicalities, things are looking bad in China. I don't, we don't see any signs of a real uh, recovery in uh, 2000. Uh, uh, 2023, and we had also mentioned that with this type of growth, with this year around one and a half percent, the true great rate of growth, and next year around two percent or so, means that uh, you know the social unrest will pick up, uh, social instability risks uh, pick up, and that's exactly we've written about this like a month, two months ago, and that's exactly what's uh, what's happening. So not looking good. Yeah, to stick with the Led Zeppelin theme, they're not exactly a stairway to heaven, uh, more of a sort of <laughs> a rocky yeah, path. Yeah, with I, steep... I can't use the other word. <laughs> no, no, but it, lot, lots of steep drop-offs, holes in the road. Um, what, what sort of support do you anticipate coming down the road from policymakers in China? I think it, what will continue is continuing the loosening of uh, monetary policy and the idea that they clearly need to depreciate their currency against the uh, uh, dollar. That's kind of what they have left in their uh, uh, toolkit. And what that means is in the medium term, our, our thought process is, and of course the timing is always certain, uncertain when it comes to currencies, is that, you know, dollar China, dollar CNH is headed to 7.5 to 8. You know, this recent mm. drop below 7 has been a phenomenal job, if I may, right? And this is purely uh, due to market, uh, you know, sentiment Turning. Nothing fundamental about it. And when I see moves like this in the currency, it's like, you know, don't know how long it's going to last, but focus on what the end game is. And the end game is this currency is going to depreciate fast to 7.5 to 8. They don't have much room left on the fiscal front. They have a variety of debt issues. I think we've talked about it for years. 
Uh, they start, you know, they're trying to get the handle on that, but the debt problem is going to continue. Yeah. Property sector is going to languish. Um, and industrial sector is just becoming uh, less uh, less competitive. Yeah, we've been asking whether or not a lot of the move that we have seen in risk assets as it relates to China has really been nothing more than short covering because, you know, so many people have been so negative given the COVID situation. An immediate reversal creates kind of a short squeeze so you can see a stronger currency and a recovery in, in, in some equities. But when I listen to you kind of lay out your thesis here, I'm wondering whether or not we are inherently going to see greater risk begin to develop within the internal structure of the banking system, the lending system within China. Is that a distinct possibility? Those risks are already there because what's going on is that the the repo market uh, is the primary funder or channel mechanism to injecting liquidity to a variety of sectors, whether it's uh, to between banks and corporates, whether it's through uh, banks and the financial uh, markets, and that risk has been on for several years now, and it is going to it is going to continue. That's one of the things is that the plumbing, the plumbing is all jammed with all these issues related to debt, whether it's debt in the uh, uh, private sector or the public sector, or related to those um, you know very esoteric uh, wealth management uh, uh, products. Now, will the banks collapse? Probably not. You know, I think that's a very low probability event. Will there be a hard landing? Probably not. Uh, but it just means that this is a country that, in terms of the risk reward, is a place where you really don't want to invest for the next several years. Uh, I get the sense you're, you're flipping the narrative on its head in terms of some of the uh, conversations we've been having on the show. A lot of people are sort of optimistic about the China reopening and, and concerned about the risk of a recession in the U.S. But you feel the U.S. can avoid recession. The pessimism's maybe been a bit overdone. Why is that? Right. So here's the China narrative. It's because I mean this is on a tactical basis. I mean uh, I, I don't see any anyone out there thinking about medium to long term. So you know any market can go up and down on a tactical basis, and it's simply because the buy side, large asset managers and the banks have been so heavily invested in China, and it means that they're basically talking their buck. So obviously you know they want the market to go up and hopefully take some profit and cover some of their losses that they've already incurred in the last couple of years. On the U.S. side, um, you know, look, this the characterization of the U.S. is basically a, a recession that has never come. You know, the market basically was calling, many sell-side analysts were calling for a recession this year. Didn't happen. Now it's pushed to 2023. Part of the market thinking coming 2024. For us, it's not going to come. We just don't think that, you know, so for, first of all, let me lay out our forecast. In conclusion, our forecast for uh, 2023, which is more important, is to 2%. This year we have a forecast of 2.2%. The Bloomberg consensus estimate for this year has been revised up to 1.8% mm. from 1.5%, uh, you know, uh, over the uh, last couple of months. And for next year at 0.4%. How do you get to that 0.4% is beyond my comprehension. From an analytical perspective, we've done a lot of work on the U.S. economy because obviously it affects us over here uh, in Asia. There's just no evidence that you can point to. You know, the, the compelling evidence is the following. All right, what we're seeing and from a bottoms-up perspective, from our proprietary indicators, is U.S. economic activity actually accelerated uh, in the uh, in the well? Post- that's going to keep the Fed of- even more engaged, and and maybe we're looking at a terminal rate well above five percent. I want to give you about sixty seconds. You know, we 
use the term black swan a lot. And I think let's agree that it is an event where right now the market is assigning extremely low probability, something infinitesimal. And I'm wondering if you're going to can go out on a limb and give to me what you see as a potential black swan in 2023. I think, look, there are three, three unknowns out there. Of what you know in terms of uh, driving a black, a black swan uh, uh, event, they're always unanticipated. Obviously, um, one I think is really the China risk. How bad it really gets out there in China? That's point number one. Two is that all of a sudden the Ukraine-Russia uh, conflict uh, just explodes, and all the stuff that the Russians have been able to ship uh, to a variety of means in terms of commodities uh, that does this just stops happening. Commodity prices go up significantly, mm-hmm. much more than where we are. We get stagflation. Number three, quickly. And the third, number three, quickly is that the Fed goes to seven percent. Whoa! That's clearly not in the price, Whoa. right? That's a that's a black swan, right? Where our forecast is five to five point two five percent. Right? Well, there's and three black swans right there. Silas Shah, we're out of time. Sorry, Silas Shah, Chief Economist and Head of Market Research at RHB Banking Group. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.